the highest point of the highest mountain of Upper Scotland. A tower extends further still, as if intent on staring the sky. The structure of Black Veil Tower is ancient, stones wet with the blood of Scovic heroes predating the Cataclysm, and halls echoing with spirits that saw Scotland through to the formation of the Imperium. In the topmost chamber, two figures face each other in battle their speed bursting the clouds surrounding the gargantuan tower. One is a four-armed humanoid machine of tarnished bronze, wearing a crown and cape, detailed with opulence more at home in the Imperial City than here in the frozen Northwest. The other is an unassuming woman, whose simple clothes obscure her hardy physique and aggressive battle stance. At 55 years old, she is a mere babe in comparison to the millennia-old walls of Black Veil Tower. The machine and the woman salute one another, and begin the next of a countless number of engagements. You do not have an entire gang of line bulls with you, but please, Aurora, if you would, roll to face the supernatural for me. Well, we, won't even, we won't even go through the questions. It'll just be, just be a straight roll for you. All right, and um, now's the part where I ask, what am I rolling exactly? I don't know how to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. 2d6. Okay. Just a straight roll. That is going to be a 4. Okay, so you are not able to do any of the special options for uh, facing off against the supernatural, um, but you will get to make the opening move against the hull. So you don't seize the initi initiative, so I'll say the hull gets to start off doing its thing. The, the hull begins to bear down on you, clicking around its forearms uh, into uh, some sort of attack formation, and out of one palm, the red of heat begins to collect. You get to make the opening move. You are the equivalent of a spider. You are not dressed as a line bull, uh, not even in a pretend way. You know, honestly, do, do, do you have a, a vision of what your, your battle garb, your training battle garb looks like? Um, I mean, I think it's like a light tunic and pants. It's nothing, nothing like fancy, nothing ostentatious, nothing of any interest at all. Uh, it's very normal. Um, very normal. It's something easily disp like disposable, easily worn by by anybody of approximately her size. It's like gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hecla has like along with that like the accoutrement necessary for battle. Like there's protection. There's like lightning oil canisters, your weapon, your mess of daggers and wires and things. So you can, if you would like, use a lightning web, or in this case your special little wire trap, to tether yes. your opponent. Yeah, I would like to, to quick throw a knife, one of my webbed knives, um, out into the, to tether this baby to, to tether the ghost to a spirit bottle. Yes, in this case, it is a hull, so you would be tethering it, but not necessarily to absorb it, just to keep it from moving. So in this case, you would roll finesse, so that would be 2d6 plus your finesse. Okay, okay, okay. It's a five. Ah. Heck. It's just a five. Just a five. So you spin out your, uh, your web, your web knife, a dagger that probably can split into multiple daggers is the, is the notion. Oh, yeah. Multiple of these wires to sort of entangle. It can do all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. We, don't e we don't even know. <laughs> Unfortunately, your sparring partner here, the hull, is aware of this trick. We did build this thing. Mm -hmm. It bats away with one of its arms, the mess of wires, maybe a couple of them loosely, but ineffectively clinging to it. And with that open palm, that is getting ready with some heat. It shoots out a quick jet of fire. Go ahead and take the equivalent of a manifestation attack, uh, which would be two harm. Oh. But it's reduced to one because of your tough gift. 
Tough as nails. Tough as nails. I'm a tough old bird. You've you've probably already got some long healed over burns and scars from this. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like oh, yeah. <laughs> you know you know how chefs that have like just been burnt enough can just sort of like mm-hmm. touch hot stuff. I have stuff. the calluses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that, but for your your body. <laughs> yeah, but for my body and uh, ghost ghost traumas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your move. All right. Um, it didn't take. Um, I'm just gonna go again. Okay. And roll those sweet, sweet D6. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a seven. Finally, a, a nice. <laughs> number that could give me something. Pick one from the list. I avoid trouble, compromise, or cost. Cool. Would you like to describe it for me? As we've established, my one knife can split into multiple knives. But I think I, I pull like a, a second knife out and I just, I just toss that one as well. I've got a second pocket. You've got as many of these as you want, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I'm not phased by this. Um, I, I just whip out another one and get that sucker. Cool, yeah. This time it, it probably strikes uh, a little truer, wraps around the, uh, the chest area. This thing uh, is, is sort of pulled a little bit towards you, but um, not in a significant enough way, as you're only able to uh, just avoid the trouble uh, for it. But now this is, thing is in your metaphorical power, as you could uh, charge up some electricity through the wire. Seeing this, it snaps off the one remaining wire from uh, the arm that was half entangled by your first one. That arm, it holds out, and there is a screeching noise as a horrible sonic assault hits you, hurting your head and uh, briefly leaving you uh, seeing stars. This is actually going to be the equivalent of uh, some mild supernatural weirdness. So take two trauma as you're, like, starting to see the world getting fucked up as your brain is getting affected by this sound. So you remove once again. All right, I I take the trauma. All right, um, so I've got it. I've got it anchored. I've got my my knife in. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get the ghost out of the hole into the box. Remind me of what exactly my objective is. I do listen to this game every week, and then I immediately forget all facts about it. No, it's <laughs> Except all good. It's all good. Your, yours, yours is a specifically weird one because this is training uh, for your task. Yes, for my task. So I think your goal is definitely the destruction of um, okay. this hull. That's wonderful. If you do that by pulling the spirit out of it, if you do that by um, just smashing it up, I think your knives could work either way. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, um... Like, you could just charge electricity through them. Yeah, I'm just gonna charge electricity and um, either chase it out or, like, shatter the hole. As we know, will certainly happen if you put electricity into metal. This, uh, yeah, I think this is the equivalent of, uh, of you using a lightning hook. So go ahead and roll force for me. 2d6 plus your force. Okay. Oh my god, that's a 5. Okay. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason I've been assigned to this task, or... <laughs> or maybe I should get physical dice instead of using my dice roller. This feels cursed. You know, you know, there are certain people that would swear that that's what's happening to you. They've returned with the physical dice. That's right, I got those sweet, sweet dice sounds. But in regards to that, that, that miss, you go to start charging with the electricity. That's, this is, this is how your weapon works. This is how you, mm-hmm. uh, you face off against supernatural foes. It begins to charge where many creatures would struggle against it. I think this hull pushes forward 
And as it, as it pushes forward, try to close the distance to you, just flexes uh, that one arm with fire into a fist Ooh. and gives you a big old punch. Go ahead, uh, take another two harm, reduced to one. Love that for me. But I still, I still got to punish the miss a little bit, so I'm going to make things a right. little bit worse for you. Please do so. That's how you learn. It uh, gets you into a punch, and then um, with its other arm... Uh, it clamps it uh, over your mouth. Oh. Um, it is a it is a third arm that has yet to do anything special. That's the situation you're in. Okay, so the way I want to respond to this, I want to um, use like the wires that I have like attached to it or that are available to me to like to, like pull it up and off of me. Like, don't use um, like my own hand, but like leverage what mm-hmm. I like the hold i already have okay what do you think that would be maybe steel okay so pick one that you from the list that you don't want to do what i don't want to do is panic disengage or flee well i guess i can't do that um this has not been going um super well for me so i I, i'm concentrating and i think on keeping my cool 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 so you will not panic disengage or flee all right that's right all right Right, so that oh oh these dice are much better already. Uh, that's going to be an eight. <laughs> All right, you do one that you did not pick. You wanted to what? Flip this thing up and over you? Yes. Cool. Describe that for me a little bit, and then I'll say the thing. The other thing that I'm going to do. Suffering more trauma or harm is always. Um, oh fun well, and great. I, I I pick that, and I. Oh oh right. okay okay okay. Uh, so on a seven to nine, you do one that you did not pick, but I pick it. Okay okay. But I I was actually going to pick that one, but I'd like I'd like to hear. What your what your action is before I decide how that works. Um. So the knife that I already have, like I I, I get it up, but I, I think it's 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 a thin wire and it's meant to attach and like recoil and like be you know quick, but it's not really meant to like haul things. It's not really meant to move move uh, objects. Yeah. And yet you are able to succeed in doing this. I, I just I don't know if that affects your. If you're, if you're going with trauma and harm, um, I think it's a bit of a struggle. I'm like, I maybe I'm trying to preserve the wires, I'm trying to preserve my tools, and it may value the wire not snapping over... Over properly, getting like a lot of hoisting distance. You, you hoist it off of you, getting that one arm off of your mouth. But unfortunately, if you had given it more force, you might have knocked it off balance. But as it is, it takes its fourth and final arm and uh, shoots a couple of wax bullets uh, into your back. Ooh. Go ahead and take three harm reduced to two. Alright. Yeah, the wax bullets, still very painful, especially at this range, breaking apart on your back. Don't love that. Then it sort of lands with like a hard clang. Yeah, yeah, one more move, one more move. Alright, um, I'm going to try and get a second knife into this thing, do something into So is that finesse again? If you want to get a knife into it for, like, restraining purposes, then it'd be finesse, yeah. I would like to stab this thing. Force. Force, then. <laughs> I'm always calm, I'm always very cool, I'm always very collected. Um, but I do need this thing to, uh, die. Cool, force. Oh my god. Okay, that's four. <laughs> My dice have betrayed me. <laughs> you throw your knife at it. For a second, it finds purchase, and you're like, fuck yeah, this rules. With the inhuman strength and speed of a hall, it moves forward, and there's a tear sound as uh, its cape, which is the only thing your knife actually found purchase in, uh, rips off of its body. 
uh, it gets that third arm uh, back over your mouth, and uh, the world sort of spins and goes dark for a minute. Or at least you think it's a minute. Yeah. Um, potentially hours later, you do reawaken, seeing your own breath in this cold mountain air. And out from the hull slips a spirit. The spirit is called the Ancestor of Scovlin. And they say, and he says it himself, that he is a spirit from before the Cataclysm. He was a spirit before it was what you needed to do, which grants him certain power. Oh, um, and as Scovlanders, Scovlanders have the belief that when you die, you'll go to the halls of your ancestors. You know, the fact that you can't do that anymore because there's no way to go beyond the gates of death. Seeing the ancestor of Scovlin is kind of the only way of doing that. And he's sort of taken this mantle on. I would like to give you the opportunity to describe what the ancestor of Scovlin looks like to you. Yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Um, so <laughs> recalling our um, our establishing of yes. Scovlin culture, I do remember that we established powerful mustaches. Intricately braided, yeah. Wonderful mustaches. Um, and this is like the ancestor of Scotland, so he's kind of like bigger. We're talking like a, a truly absurd stash flowing with uh, spectral energy. Did we establish anything else for our, for like clothing? Just like a broad, stocky figure but very um, national personification. A cool hat. I don't think we established anything, but there's definitely a cool hat. We didn't, we did not establish much about the clothing besides the fact that it was cold. So probably wearing a lot of like fur or anything like that. Yeah. Like a huge fur coat, a big, wonderful hat um, with many cultural like symbols on it and little like bubbles and whatnot. Yeah. There's, there's stuff for several like forgotten gods. Now there's like a lady of thorns Maybe a golden stag. Uh, yeah, some- it's somewhere between like Santa Claus in the Narnia movie, yes, <laughs> and um, and like the dwarves in the Hobbit movies, where they're very sort of um, I don't know. There's a lot of mustaches, a lot of coats. We all know. We all know. <laughs> I reckon. I recognize the spirit of Scotland immediately. Yeah. So the ancestor of Scotland, he does not look uh, disappointed in you. Just kind of a, a little concerned, as a. Uh, as I, Greg, attempts to <laughs> get into his voice. Give me a moment. Uh, Heckler, I have Heckler. to... Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Heckler, you have to understand that. that Your battle will really end once you've destroyed his physical body. body. Uh, and I will not be able to aid you until you've done that yourself. Self. Self. We, we are free to move along the timetable as we wish for this, but, but uh, I need you ready. 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 I, I'm ready. I, I say otherwise. 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 What more would you ask of me at this point? You can't defeat me in a metal suit. Truth, at least not consistently. And I, 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 well, I knew the man calling himself the Immortal Emperor back when we were both just men. Yes, yes, yes. But even then, he was a legendary magician. 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 The powers he may have unlocked now are beyond my ken. 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 I understand that, but I think we both also understand. Why I am being sent on this mission? Why this one and why me? I, 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 I truly wish that this burden did not fall upon you. Upon you. I call myself the ancestor of Scovlin, and yet, yet I still need you, you, someone prepared to throw away her own life, life, and take life. up my badge. badge. And he picks up a badge. It's triangular, like the Lineball badges, but it lacks indicators of rank. 
along the edges. It lacks the extra inscriptions. It is truly the same as a typical line bowl badge, but unlike the other line bowl badges, it has not been modified from its original purpose. Inscribed upon it is the name Booker. Obviously, you and I do not share a name, but, but, but our hearts are scopic and you and I share that will. will. I'm unable to ignore it, and, and though the Emperor is immortal, immortal, will not be able to ignore my will entwined with yours either. either. He reverently wraps um, the, the chain. He wraps a chain along the badge and around probably one of your knives. I shed a, a reverent tear. It's very stoic. Oh, yeah. But, it, but oh, yeah. There's a, there is a tear shed. He's also shedding reverent stoic tears. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're both so stoic and reverent together. You can, you, you can really see the the, uh, the national resemblance, I guess. Large part of my essence is within this badge. 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 We'll pull you towards his essence in kind. Kind. Once you're ready. 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 Once we've made you ready. You'll go out and find him. Find him. Find when him. your blade strikes true, true with that badge, 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 I will pull the rest of myself to him, to him, and together, 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 we'll remind him of when he still bled, still bled, still bled. That sounds like a plan. Is there, is there anything you'd like, like, to, like, to pass along to your family, 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 whatever's left of it before you leave, you leave? I've got some journals back in my room. I'd really like him to have those, if anything. I mean. You can redact what you need, but someone should have him. I'll check him over and make sure you uh, discuss these last months of training, making me seem as uh, uh, excellent as possible. Possible, possible, possible. I have a reputation to uphold. uphold. Of course. Heck, I am. I am. I am sorry if it seems that I am getting a cold feet. Cold feet. Cold feet. No, no, I understand. I do understand. I can't even do this often. Often, there's a large amount of my soul that you have there. There. But I willingly stand by and let this continue. Continue. It was on my counsel that the Bonnie Queen Elaine sailed off to her death. death. But I should have known that a Starfinder gives more than just advice. Advice. For my homeland. Land. Land. I will give what is left of my life to save my people. People. And I will trust it in your care. Care. Thank care. you. Care. Now, wherever my badge may lead you, lead you, the key here is surprise. 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 Your presence and... That badge will put the emperor at unease. Unease, but but he will react until he knows for certain. For certain, you got your cover. cover. Got my cover. If it ever seems to be blown, just explain that perhaps you are a Deathlands explorer, some mercenary. 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 Good work for a scout there. There. Ness. There. Ness. And most they'll think of us. us. You betcha. Now, before I get back in the old metal suit, suit. How about you and I have uh, some dinner? You were out for a few hours there. Few hours there. Few hours there. <laughs> few hours there. That would be even nice. That'd be real nice. by John Harper. I'm your conductor, Greg. I run the game, and it's been a while since I've run it, but I'm excited to be here. Yeah! Hooray! I'm Hannah. I play Andrew Anderson. Guy messaged me on Facebook and told me to say, how can it... Well, technically he said, how can if, but I think he meant, how can it be, <laughs> be welcome back if it's someone's first time listening, which I think is not as good a bit as he sold it as, but whatever. I was typing fast. <laughs> I'm also excited to be here. 
It it has in fact been a while. We're we're shaking off the rust. I'm Guy. I play Pip. Uh, Pip would probably just drink liquid rust, which is actually a drink. Yike! Get some Iron Brew, dude. Ah, oh, Iron Brew is so good. Shout out Iron Brew. Shout out to Iron Brew. Is it? Is it? Do you say it Iron Brew? I always said Iron Brew. Like I know it's referencing iron. It's but... Iron Brew, so it's kind of like the the O doesn't actually get like spoken either way. Thanks, Scotland. <laughs> He's more of like a, a glutton stop. Who the fuck is that laughing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Stefan. I play Drix. Uh, he, is living he is living life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Ain't that just the way? Oh my god, who's that? Oh, oh, that's, uh, that's Aurora. Our special guest! That's right, I'm the special guest. I'm, I'm playing, um... A character that a character that the listeners already met. Just a, yeah, a character you already know um, and are inevitably endeared to. I hate it when you do this. I hate it when the guests do wow, this. this. Is... I hate not knowing things. <laughs> I've got my reasons. I promise I'm not just. Um, we trust you and Greg to you know be keeping the dramatic irony for a reason. I don't trust any of you. Listen, uh... That's fair and smart. Patrons might have already heard uh, our friend Aurora here uh, on our For the Queen episode, um, which was partially uh, for some cultural context for their character, which you all know is a Scoblander, and that is as much as the other player knows, players know as well. This is news to me. But yeah, we are currently joining the Pride of Duskwall, as they head from Irondale to Mistport, passing through the Dagger Isles. Now on Ghost Lines map, the Dagger Isles are not labeled as such. They're just described as the islands. And in fact, you cannot stop there. There's no there's no train stop because there are no lightning barriers in the Dagger Isles. However, they are populated. And, and not just by a, an isolationist uh, group of people. These are people that uh, our, our, our characters uh, may have met. Dagger Isles are, are people that live uh, separate but within the Imperium. Mistport is technically in Eruvia. So in a strange way, for all the Ghost Lines heads, uh, this journey is going to be an Eruvian line, despite the fact that we were just in Severus. Uh, where we're going back, baby. Hey. <laughs> but just briefly. We dip a toe. Then, then it's turning right around. Dip a toe. Currently, after uh, spending time in Irondale, our line balls had an extended stay, as they were told that Mr. Walker was heading down uh, as he had business in Mistport. And nothing bad could possibly come out of that. Nothing bad could possibly come out of that is Mr. Walker. He's, he's there to work with you for the Ministry of Preservation. Everybody loves Mr. Walker. Listeners, I know we're an audio media, but the thing that we use to record has like a camera feature that's been working for most of us. And the reaction that Greg had to that has caused me just like the most dread out of anything so far in this episode. And that includes all of our fuck-offs. He has been, like, really hyping this session to us, uh, and I hate that. I don't, I don't, I'm afraid. All right, let's begin as we normally do. Irondale is uh, sort of a dusty plains to it. The sky is, is relatively clear compared to the industrial smoke uh, up in Duskwall. It's a, it's, a, it's a dry heat. Who shows up to the train first? We here at Ghosts on a Train would like to take a moment to discuss Little Business Library. Little Business Library is an online directory of small businesses that allows consumers to shop directly so they never charge a sales fee. 
And instead of charging percentages to businesses, LBL is just $4 a month. What? Don't take my word for it. From the pride of Duskwall, here's the lion bull, Andrew. Hello, I use Little Business Library to list the website where people can hire me when I leave the train, if I don't die first. That's great. Products and service-related businesses are welcome on LBL. What can people hire you for? I like solving mysteries, so maybe private investigator? Ooh, but the horses were also really cool, so maybe I could just, like, take care of- <laughs> Oh, dork? Alright, we get it. You heard it here, folks. Use our coupon code LISTEN10 to list your business on Little Business Library. We now return to your regularly scheduled audio programming. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go with Pip. I think he's kind of... Yeah. He's done with everything that has happened so far, including Mr. Coleman Kanazier. Describe to me Pip and McKeel as he approaches the train. Pip is, in a word, kind of bent out of shape. That's multiple words, but it is a avid descriptor. He would be tall if he stood up straight. Uh, is very kind of lanky and gangly. This is a person that, like, if they cared to put some kind of effort into their appearance, or they might look, like, actually, like, really dignified. This is someone who has actively tried to just, like, not do that. He gives off the same kind of energy as, like, a wet rodent of just kind of, like, sad and kind of disgusting. Aw, he's a poor little meow meow. Poor little meow meow. <laughs> Poor little meow meow. So, Pip, as you go to arrive to the crew car, the um, door opens up. I think Pip was kind of doing the, the thing of just, like, when you're about to open a door and someone, like, immediately opens it ahead of you and so kind of, like, jumps back into a very unintimidating fighting stance. <laughs> you're, you're hit with uh, the smell of cigarette smoke as an unimpressed Candace says, uh, He's up, Red Sash. Uh, no intruders on the train. I'm just leaving my office for uh, for Walker. Uh, yeah, oh, all right. Okay, okay. Apologies, Candace. I've just got a bit of a... Hmm. Thanks for staying vigilant. Yes, ma'am, of course, ma'am. You're the salt of the earth, Pip McKeel, and she does uh, a little hair pet into a, a cheek slap, you know, a gentle one of like... Doing great. <laughs> I, I hope for her sake she kind of just shakes off that hand. Yeah, she leaves, and the office door is still open, and a, a deep voice coming from a, a bald man with a Salvador Dali mustache catches Pippin's attention, both uh, sonically and perhaps on some deeper level. Pippin McHugh, I'm glad to see that you arrived first. Uh, Mr. Walker, sir, uh, Pip stands like, just kind of shoots to attention immediately. At ease, McKeel. Yes, sir. I'm sure we only have precious few moments before some of your compatriots arrive. I wished to confirm something. It was perhaps not the reason for this voyage, but it is, admittedly, the reason that I volunteered myself to climb aboard. Is 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 there anything I could do for you, sir? Like. A hot towel, or perhaps a massage. <laughs> uh, Pippin, then perhaps you did not encounter Crowl. I think Pip is just sort of like, he's he's forcing a smile, and like at just sort of the mention of Crowl, there's just like the little twitch at the 
the edge of his uh, cheeks, trying to trying to hold composure. Unlike usual, it appears you are playing the fool rather than just being one. If Candace is to be believed. So yes, sir, that's me, just uh, the the loyal train fool, the trained fool. <laughs> Time is short, and we are utterly lacking. I will not be able to speak all that I wish to, but I did want to ensure that you were well, Pippin McHugh. Right as rain, sir, just not the rain that tells you people's dying memories. <laughs> it's, it's oversharing, isn't it? Well, it can be no sin to share. And at that, uh... Someone else. Angela Anderson shows up. Hello! What's up? Is everything normal? <laughs> Hi, Jiminy! This is more rigid than you've ever seen Pip be in anything. Describe Angela Anderson in uh, comparison to this rigid Pippin. Angela Anderson is the opposite of rigid, probably. If the plus three in finesse has anything to uh, say for it. Andrel is a young girl, 13 years old, will make her 14 eventually. We've talked about it off screen at this point. She is Aruvian, uh, copper skin, short dark hair that's kind of messy, a cheeky sort of grin, what I have called in the past Victorian orphan boy clothes. <laughs> very Dickensian. Yes, very Dickensian indeed. Um, and yeah, she's she's here now. That's, that's her. Mm-hmm. And along with her is Jiminy, Jiminy the Dorg, a hairless German shepherd with a bushy mustache, two legs in back, and one leg up front uh, in the middle of his body, as well as uh, a fun uh, Imperial Railways charm indicating and empowering him as a hunting pet that can interact with the spirit world. My boy. Spirit world, I say. The ghost field. (laughs) (laughs) We're all really distracted by the Avatar RPG that came out, I guess. You know, you could do an Avatar ghost on a train, huh? Because there are ghosts in Avatar. There are also trains in Avatar. There are also trains in Next April. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Put in your votes right now for what kind of bender each of the characters are. We all know what kind of benders Pip goes on. Hey, hey. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Rigid Pip, uh, Mr. Walker's there. Something is happening right now. What's happening right now? Hello, Mr. Walker. Hello, Dunville. It is always a pleasure to see you. Yep. Uh, I see you have a friend. Yeah, this is Jiminy! He's an official ghost hunting dork, so he's allowed. Oh, of course. I know all about him. I put my mark upon his paperwork certifying him. For use here on the Pride of Duskwall. Oh, thank you. He's a very good boy, and he is earning his keep. He found a whole ghost for us once. Mr. Walker takes a knee, um, begins petting part of Jiminy's head, and twirling his mustache. <laughs> and he says, um, Ah, but aren't you one of the Emperor's brave shields before the uh, horrors of the Deathlands? Aren't you? Aren't you Wholesome defender. There you are. There, there. Andrew attempts to make significant eye contact with Pip. I don't know if Pip is feeling up to it. <laughs> Pip is trying to look as lock straightforward as he can, so, like, you catch kind of the side of his eye, and then, like, not much else. I miss Drix. So, did Drix die? No, he's just not here at the moment. 
Um, Never mind. Well, Dunville, I'm glad to see you are growing, and I'm glad you see this wonderful, sweet, loyal creature here. Truly, dorks are a blessing. They are. In a harsh, harsh world. Yes. Now, uh, I do not wish for you to be uncomfortable with my being here. This might interest you, in fact, as you perhaps have many years ahead of you working on these Imperial Railways. Hopefully. It is a circuitous route that you are taking right now to get to Mistport. That is why, working with the Eruvian noble houses, we have chartered some of their, uh, the large metal men, Sualim, they call them. We are currently building a mountain pass through the mountains that separate Mistport and Udawasha. Oh. Soon, this line will be, well, perhaps not decommissioned, but uh, seldom used. And soon, we will travel directly from Mistport to Uduasha. Neat, I guess. That doesn't seem very kosher. <laughs> What's that about the metal men? <laughs> ah, you do not see the Suwalim? They're hulls, magnificent ones. Interesting. All right, well... Up to 30 feet tall, I hear. That's very large. That must be weird for someone who was, you know, person size. It is always strange when our body is not our own, regardless of one's size. But perhaps we can get used to it. Uh, Drake, you arrive. Drake saunters in. Uh, he looks just a little disheveled. I don't know. It seems like he's had a long night. Ah, and there is Colburn, alive and well. Yep. Hi, Drix. Hey, little Spurs, how you doing? I'm great. This is so great already. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, <laughs> Pip resists the urge to uh, the the physical response to cringe at Drix just immediately coming up and being casual in front of Mister Walker. How you doing, Mister Walker? And he holds out his hand to shake. Fine, how about you? And um, he, he he gives you a, a hearty handshake. Ah, uh, not bad, not bad. Uh, you know, you know. Uh, stayed out a bit too late. Uh, you know how it is when you come home. Just uh, gotta, gotta, gotta go do a little wrangling while you're out, you know. I spy some fresh scars upon you, so you've certainly earned whatever you do with your R&R. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I try not to think about those ever, but... <laughs> you should. Each is a sign of honor. A time where this world sought to snuff your life out. And yet you remain ever watchful, ever stubborn, truly. This is why you are called Line Bulls. And he gives you a, a clap on the shoulder. I shall retire to the office car. You know, I hadn't figured it out until just now, but... Uh... Mr. Walker's an optimist. <laughs> it all just clicked into place right right there. Uh, that's one word for it. Yeah, he's, he's out of the room, so you guys can just talk as normal. Oh, oh yeah, no. <laughs> he's Mr. Walker's a lot. <laughs> Uh, this is the longest conversation I've ever had with him, and Mr. Walker's a lot. Why didn't you guys tell me Mr. Walker was this much? <laughs> Did, this was insane. Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a cra- 
crazy interaction. What what exactly did I miss? He is our boss's boss. Uh-huh. He could have us all more than killed. Yeah, but he seems like such a nice guy. He's also not here right now. I can say whatever I want. Pip resists the urge to just, like, slap a Drix across the face. I was ruder to him than Drix, probably. I'm not very good at controlling my expressions. Yeah, valid. Yes, but you're also a child. So, okay. Pip, I gotta ask. What exactly is crawled up your butt, Pip? It appears that out of the three of us, I seem to be the only one who understands the gravity of the situation. (laughs) And when you have me being the one with the measure of understanding, I believe we have struck rock bottom. I mean, look, Jix walked in, said some nice stuff and shook his hand. I don't, like, was he supposed to bow? What exactly are you objecting to? Why do you think he is here? I don't know. Specifically. I don't particularly see how that's relevant to my question. Uh, I mean, there could be a number of reasons. Like, one, yes, obviously we should be suspicious. We should always be suspicious when someone comes onto the train. We've learned that lesson. No, no! Stop! Right, right there! No! Stop it! Cease! What? I, I thought that was the lesson! No! <laughs> if your boss's boss comes to check out your work in particular... Did he say he was coming to check out the line bulls? The door uh, from the passenger car uh, to the crew car opens up. And uh, you see uh, Mr. McClaremont fanning out a, a bit of a collar. And he says, well, dear me, am I the only one that always gets nervous when my boss's boss shows up? <laughs> we need to be on our best behavior. Pip, tell us what we did wrong. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if you just tell us to do, like, it's like, it's like if someone were to come up to you and just say, do better. It's like, do better at what, exactly? (laughs) We get it. It's big and important, and he, like every other person on this train who isn't us, can kill us, or hollow us out, or whatever. What did we do wrong? What would you like us to do? If you'd like to roll an insight, perhaps. If perhaps Pip is uh, hiding something further than just... (laughs) I'll roll an insight. Um, that is an eight, and I get an extra question from my sly. Mm-hmm. With regards to uh, Pip, what are they really feeling? What do they want? Pip, what are you really feeling? Pip is very kind of confused and conflicted. On one hand, he does genuinely, like, respect Mr. Walker, since he kind of took him off the street and gave him a job and opportunity and, like a chance to turn his life around. On the other hand, Pip is also kind of cognizant of the fact that there is more to Mr. Walker than there appears to be. I think Andrew gets the indication that, like, Pip does not know everything about, like, 
what is going on with Mr. Walker, but there is something like more than usual dangerous, like exceptionally dangerous. Did something happen before we got here? No. Yes. Wow, that didn't take long. It's complicated. What happened? We just had a a little brief talk. What about? Did he threaten you? No, no, no. It's it's just like the vibe was kind of oogie. Walker, Walker was the one who like brought you onto the train, like specifically, right? Yep. Personally, found me, found me out in the gutter. Was was this oogie any different than that oogie? Did yep, yep. Okay. Uh, yep. Then we should figure out what this oogie is about. No. You kind of seem like you already know what the oogie is about, and you're not telling us. Also, hi, Mr. McClaremont. I'm sorry. Yeah. We, we were kind of in the middle of yeah. something. What's Real up? Uh, understandable, understandable. I, I did not wish to uh, interrupt in it. I find that if you let people talk, they can often, uh, you know, work through some, some feelings. And I'm, I'm glad you're opening up, uh, Pippin McKeel. I truly am. Uh, I wish, uh, if you all could help me, I need to make some quick adjustments to uh, my booth setup within the passenger car. It is... My understanding that uh, Mr. Walker is not the only guest of honor that we are going to be having. Oh, criminy. Oh, who else is coming? Well, I hate to say it, but our train has been co-opted by a mission. What kind of mission? A capital M mission, oh. little lady. Uh, speaking of, as, as Angela Anderson comes to that, um, so there is a group of clergy of the Church of the Ecstasy of the Sacred Flesh. Um, They wear garments that are uh, modest and yet very tight. Uh, (laughs) That's right. uh, Showing off uh, the bodies that they have uh, taken special care of, while also not flaunting them, uh, as they are not vain, of course. Uh, The the skin isn't visible, although I'm sure it's flawless. The uh, church members are, are, are led uh, by one Akarosi man, but bringing up the rear uh, is a Scovlander. Aurora, would you like to describe Sister Hecla? Sister? Yes, yeah, Sister Hecla. So she is an older woman of about, uh, well, she's not, she's not so old. She's about 50, 55. She's in her, she's in her 50s. Um, she's not so tall. She's kind of stocky. No, no real remarkable qualities to her. Uh, gray hair, great, like long gray hair that's, you know, tied back in, um, a braided pony. And, uh, she's, uh, she's a sister of the Church of the, of the Flesh. She's a flesh nun. This is the second nun-related character Aurora has played in the three games I've played with them. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that's described Aurora's kind of gameplay style as Flesh nun. Flesh, flesh nun, that's true. That does, I guess, yeah, that would pretty... That is on brand. It's very on brand. Flesh nun, incredibly haunted, and himbo. Or thembo. There is not a lot physically uh, significant about Hecla, perhaps. But Sister Hecla, unlike your fellows who believe that all spirits are inherently sinful, you know that some spirits are good. The spirits of your ancestors that have guided you to this very train. You feel optimistic. 
I look around the train with confidence and, and pride. There's a satisfaction to knowing that you have lived your life so long, and now your ancestors are leading you here. Perhaps your destiny lies in Mistport, the destination of this train. One, one can only hope. The entourage, led by the Akarosi, brought up in the rear by uh, Sister Hecla, enters as uh, you all are making space by Mr. Claremont's booth for some special reserved seating for the uh, missionaries. The one up front, the Akarosi, sees you all and says, Well, Father McClaremont, as I live and breathe. And Mr. McClaremont a little too quickly says, Now that's Mr. McClaremont to you. Now uh, you know I left. And um, the Akarosi says, <laughs> No more than you can leave the oblivion that awaits us all, Cornelius. <laughs> uh, please, uh, Hecla, could you uh, take our backs? Me and the others shall... Uh, Head to the dining car. Absolutely. She gets the bags. Um, she's very strong. She carries them all in her arms with with ease. The one, the Akarosi, who you know, you know, is Reverend Declan. He smiles to himself and says, "The reliable muscle of a scarf, truly holy." As you are left to carry all the luggage over to the seat where all the balls are, and you all heard him say that. <laughs> I do. I hear him say that. Yes. I, all right, Sister Hecla, uh, in carrying these bags, very briefly just closes her eyes <laughs> and then opens them again. <laughs> so yeah, you three are, are, are also here. Hello. Hello to you, young lady. And what might your name be? I'm Andrel. Nice to meet you, Sister Hecla. Nice to meet you too. Yeah. Why are there so many different titles for all the? I've heard Reverend, Father, Sister. Are there are there mothers and brothers? There are. Why are there so many titles? Well, you know, we've got just so many things to do in the world, and there's a lot of organization. It's a, it's a big structure, you see. It's sort of, and so you don't give everyone a title. It's easy to get lost in there. Huh. That's the last thing you want. It feels like it's. It feels like it would be hard to remember them all, but you know, you guys seem to manage. Is to make them feel important. Oh, oh, like us. <laughs> Pip, Pip gives like a curt nod and a strange smile. She gives the like exact same motion back. <laughs> you know the the office when you greet someone from across like the room, just lock eyes and do the uh, that face. Mister McClaremont, who uh, is almost smiling. Gives a, a brief nod to uh, you, Hecla, and says, um, I don't wish to insult you, ma'am, but is this perhaps your first mission? Or, judging by your age, I would assume you've been more active in the church. Well, you know, I've just, I've traveled around doing missions everywhere for so long. This is really, you know, uh, I guess my first big one in a while. I've been, uh, been over in Nerubia doing charity work with the little children, and making sure that they're they're keeping sacred and, and clean. Oh yeah, we had some. Oh yeah, yeah, they do do that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, cool, very fun and chill. Mm-hmm. Exceptionally so. Chill is exactly how I would describe the coldness of uh, exemplars of the church, such as Reverend Declan. Okay, that's not where I was going with that, but that's sure where you took it. Yeah. 
I've got to say, that was the most accuracy thing I've seen in a while. It, it just reminds me of home, it does. You understand that you do not have to stay with him uh, when your mission companion uh, uses such curt language with you, uh, Sister Hecla. Oh, it's all right. You know, you let things roll off you. You don't want to uh, cause any fuss. Nothing to raise any trouble about. I'll bite him. Just give me the word. Lots of orphans bite people. I bet they won't even be insulted by it. That's true. And you know, I can't stop you from biting anybody. (laughs) Don't do that. But also, I can't stop you. Okay. (laughs) We'll see how the trip goes. I don't like the odds of that already. Oh, who are you? Oh, uh, hi. Um, I'm, I'm Drix. Or, well, I'm, I'm Adric, but you can call me Drix. Nice to meet you as well, Drix. Sister Hecla. Hi. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm just not really. I. I haven't had a whole lot of experience with the religious types. Present company excluded, obviously. It's all right. No need to. No need to be nervous, or to do any special thing. Just. Uh. Just be yourself, Drix. Oh. Pip is biting his tongue, as hard as he possibly can without making it bleed. There will be marks. Thank you. I don't know why I'm so nervous. Welcome to the train. Hopefully, you you know, things are nice and relaxing for your whole trip. Thank you. I'm just, I'm so glad to be on this train, on this, on this line with you all. And you're the line bull, so you'll be taking care of everything, the ghosts and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is. Fantastic. Never met a ghost that we couldn't bust. The door opens up. Reverend Declan returns with some amount of food from the dining car, handing uh, some of it over to Sister Hecla, and he says, Ah, yes, it is marvelous that you're all getting acquainted, as we shall be seeing an awful lot of each other. I have already discussed with uh, your Candace, and uh, the message has been passed along to the Trevor. There's a certain island uh, that the you... Trevor? Yes, your, your Trevor, up, up in the front. There's a certain island that, uh, well, we have had construction uh, on a new church, and we do need to check up on it as part of our trip through here. Uh, So it is my understanding that you three shall be escorting us. Cool. I guess we will be doing that. If that is what is promised of us, then we we, we will be more than happy to participate. Most excellent. Excuse us, but um, get out of our seats. Or away from our seats. We wish to, um, we wish to converse. Oh, Okay! Yep. That sounds great. Come on, Yeah, we'll guys. just leave you to your prayer time. Um, just um, give, give us a holo if you, if you need anything. Or don't! Oh, nothing like a good prayer time. See you later, <laughs> folks. You can, uh, they can't see him because of the way the weird little sort of confession booth is, but Mr. McClaremont has, like, one hand on the side of his head, like, really, <laughs> like, like tilted on, til- like, arm tilted on the desk, like, he's fucking losing it. Um, so, so they're weird, right? Oh, so weird. The people who came to the orphanage to... Tell us about the ecstasy of the sacred flesh. We're usually not, not very chill and cool. I was lying. Oh, gotcha. Yes, yeah, religious types are going to be religious types. We'll just have to grin and bear it. We shall grin and bear it until next time on Ghosts on a Train. Oh. <laughs> oh. Pride of Nusqual is now arriving. 
please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. All of our music by Sebastian Black. Our cover art is by Yoshiko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were... Hecla, badge name Booker, played by me, Aurora Barksdale. Andrew Anderson, badge name Dunville, played by me, Hannah Levin. Adric, a.k.a. Drix, badge name Colburn, played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin Pip McKeel, badge name McKeel, played by me, Guys Webel. And I have been your conductor, Greg Karobus. For bonus content, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. Your support will help our podcast, as well as the others on the network. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train and I'll have Candace bring them to the line bowls. Thank you for riding with us and please consider traveling with us again next time. And because this is B-roll I get to talk about the fact that Greg and Hannah got me a very very kind gift that is also a direct attack on me and I'm currently using it to roll in. Uh, listeners I, I I wouldn't say I collect tarot cards I like them they're fun. It's, it's neat to have just sort of like the randomness of just like doing tarot readings kind of it doesn't like I've said to multiple people many times tarot doesn't actually give you any new information. It's all just things that you already know and already have internalized but the readings can sort of help you interpret your thoughts and kind of give you hope and sort of like the direction which that's why it's so fun. Yeah, that's part of why it's so fun. Uh, Greg and Hannah, uh, on a trip, who Aurora and Stefan also were there, but Greg and Hannah got me a uh, tarot set, the Wise Dog Tarot. Now, here's what you need to know about me. Firstly, these cards are goofy as hell. Secondly, I'm not really big into dogs, <laughs> but. <clears throat> Wise Dog Tarot was created as a tribute to the unconditional love and loyalty of dogs. Uh, these 78 vibrant tarot cards help connect us to the wisdom and intuition that dogs are eager to share with us. Just, yeah, whoever made these really, really like it's dogs. Just, it's just the honesty. Like, it's, Hannah, like, was like, check it out. There's like a, there was one that was just called Cats Tarot, <laughs> and the other was called Wise Dog Tarot. And the back of the Wise Dog Tarot is just way more impressive. It's, it's it's so much, you guys. Like, look up these cards if you get the chance. I they my favorites are the ones where it's just like clearly this is someone photoshopped in a dog and then had a background. And like, I I fucking lose lost my mind just flipping through these. It is a remarkable piece of work. This was a very generous and thoughtful gift, and also. God damn it, I've been memed on. Woo! This program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like just like yours. 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 yours Faustian yours, Nonsense yours, thanks yours, you for your patronage. Yeah. Just like yours.